Hello, and uh, welcome to this week's episode of the TF Tuesday podcast. I'm joined today by two special friends to break down a specific topic, namely the topic of underappreciated species in TF. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the different animals that don't seem to get as much love and why that may be. So joining me today is Doran TF. Hello, Doran. Good to be here. And we also have Kay Lieber joining us today. Hello. Yeah. Hi. I'm here again in your ears. <laughs> you are coming to everyone's ear holes loud and clear. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> Underappreciated animals. I mean, I hear a lot of talk about that sort of shit. There's a bunch of... Not, there are enough people that people uh, say, oh man, I wish we would see some more rare shit. Mm. And um, you never really do. Because yeah. somebody has to make it, and a lot of people, you know, want to make the things that are generally popular, which is fine. Just that uh, when it comes to um, what's popular, you're also going to have that bleed into a lot of artistic interests. And if you're going to talk about why certain things are overused or used too much, I think that has a lot to do with... Um, how furry is and how there's a huge overlap between furry and transformation fans, mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of people who are going to want stuff that everybody already likes. So it kind of feeds into itself and it's a little hard to break, especially if, especially if you feel like you want to make something new, but it may not get a good reception or any reception at all, which can hurt motivation to want to share that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Um, I always find that when it comes to these underappreciated species, again, like you said, you know, people speak of wanting to see more of it, but not necessarily really actioning on it in any sort of particular way. And one of the things that, and maybe this is an outdated way of looking at it, but one of the ways I always think about different species is if you ever go to the transfer website, they have their artwork broken out by species. And so you can see exactly quantified into a particular number, how many pieces they have for each species. And you have some of these that like, there are some on this list that literally have zero. And I always, oh yeah, I always find <laughs> it funny that, you know, when people say, oh, you know, this one's really underappreciated. Usually that is one that has actually a decent number of pieces on it. It's the ones that have like single digit numbers that I am always really interested in because those ones, you don't even hear people saying, I wish there was more of those because no one is saying anything at all. Yeah, it's the unknown unknowns thing. First of all, there's a lot of animals and a lot of them we aren't even aware exist yeah. or we don't have or we don't have a lot of them in mind mm -hmm. because there, there's so many and out of sight, out of mind, all that kind of shit. But yeah, that's true. And I don't know, maybe that also comes down to there isn't enough of this really can be code for some people, but of them saying like, I just want way more of this saturating, you know, my attention, yeah. you know? Because cause I say I, I want frogs, and I want a lot of frogs, but I also want them in a particular way. Mm -hmm. uh, it just so happens that there aren't, it's not that little, but at least, I don't know, at least, again, I'm looking at the furry circle thing, mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of people will be looking inside of that general space eventually. And man, when I've tried just, just to see, like, what frog stuff is there, I'm like, holy shit, there's a few of these things that I haven't seen. 
And there's a bunch that I have. Like, holy shit, there actually is very little of it. Like, still, in comparison, the ratio is way smaller. Maybe it'll go up because frog popularity is going up, so yay for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, actually. I'm just looking here again on my very unscientific transfer site. There is 195 pieces for frogs, which is actually more than crocodiles and alligators put together, coming in at 150. But I do agree. I think, like, you know, when we think about content more broadly, like looking at Fur Affinity and Twitter and So Furry and those other kinds of platforms, particularly given that they're updated more commonly, it, it is fairly rare to see frog transformation stuff although it has been increasing lately like you said yeah and no doubt that has a lot to do with um okay because i was thinking about this too the popularity of an animal and how much they are beloved has like you know to do with a few things that they have in common mm -hmm. this is also not extremely scientific but i think there's some basis in it to say that it's very important for things to look approachable like on its surface not have a stigma and to also be able to make some kind of noise. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have any of that shit going on, you are not going to really like it, at least societally speaking or something. Culturally speaking, I should say, not societally speaking. Culturally speaking, you know, snakes are bad. Culturally speaking, frogs are gross. Yeah. And uh, fish are mindless food organisms, you know? There's a real anti-scale, anti-amphibian bias. Yeah, I apologize to any fish listeners we may have. <laughs> I'd love to see, like, the actual fish listeners. And I'm not talking about, like, um... I'm not talking about, like, fish attributes, like, mixed in with something else. I'm talking about fucking fish. Like, do something fun with a fish. Isn't there someone who has a salmon sona, now that I'm thinking about it? I feel like I've seen that art before. But, like, that's, like, the only person that comes to mind when I think of, like, fish. I did see a realistic looking catfish the other day and I was, that's the first time I've ever seen one like accurately portrayed. Yeah. I'm curious when you were saying that there's not stuff out there, like as far as finding frog stuff and then not really finding what you're looking for, what do you mean? Um, like biological traits or? Okay. So when it comes to what I want to see versus um, like, I'm going off a mix of how I feel and feelings I've seen expressed in a bunch of streams that I've done and, you know, and artwork that I've posted. So some people will say, oh, man, you know, I can't get enough of these or yes, more, more, you know, that's on top of whatever's already there. And that's happened with a, with a number of things that already have a decent amount of popularity or a fan base around them. So applying that to myself, because I have a bias... Mm -hmm. I'm going to want to see things in a certain way in the way I like them. So when I say frog transformation, what do I want to see? Um, people turning into like full-on frogs, it's fun to see. It can be amusing. It's not something that I find like the most appealing. And if I talk about like frog transformation, I want to see like frog monster girls and not necessarily like the frog furries with like, you know, they try to angle a human head like uh, out of a frog one. Mm -hmm. Which can look weird when you start to take it to certain places, but, you know, it's all about execution. And so I say that, the short version, I know I would like to see more of a certain way of something being done. That's what I really mean. And I think uh, a lot of us are inclined to feel like there isn't enough of something when there is, but just not the way you like it. Mm -hmm. But I guess, like, thinking about frogs in general, I mean, obviously you're talking about more monster frogs 
I guess my question that I think would be interesting to dig a little deeper into is like, why? Like, why are frogs considered gross as an example for society? And then why is it that then, you know, as a punishment, you get stories in mythology, like, you know, the one where the princess has to kiss the frog or whatever. Like, why do you think it is that we have at society tried to kind of put that into one bucket of unfavorable and then the transformation community to some degree has kind of gone along with it because like with for example donkey tf you know obviously there's so much donkey tf around that is definitely something that's seen by society as quote unquote humiliating but the tf community has kind of subverted that but you don't see really the same thing with frogs i don't really see a subversion with the transformation community about a lot of things to be honest a lot of the things that i noticed at least the most popular things have to do with going along with the thing that most people are used to pleasure island pleasure island it's a punishment fine okay whatever donkeys big dumb horny like i don't know the horny part is just incidental but the big and dumb part is like something that I don't know who fucking put it in their heads to begin with, to be honest. It's just out there. It's nebulous. And on top of that, I have to say that um, from what I have learned, donkeys are actually very smart and loving creatures. And I wish that I knew that growing up. Yeah, but I... Because that's not the perspective most people I guess have. the thing that I'm trying to say is, you know, in media, pig and donkey TF, to use those examples are seen as punishments but we as a community there's a lot of people who have gravitated to that whereas frog is also seen as a punishment but you don't see people gravitating to it in the same way i guess that's what i'm interested in mining. okay all right so i'm going to give you my perspectives of course mm -hmm. and i say this as a preface before anybody comes at me with uh you know anthropological studies that i have not done or will not have the capacity to do okay frogs Think about their origins. Mm -hmm. They come from wet, unlivable places with a lot of other hazards. You know, frogs generally are known or thought to live in swamps. Swamps aren't places people want to live. So that's one thing. They're denizens of a place that you don't want to be. And also, they look weird. Frogs are really fucking alien. The more you learn about frogs and the more kind of frogs you find, the more you're like, wow. I can't believe this is a real thing on this planet. You would think somebody would have just fucking made it up. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that, you know, from the way frogs reproduce to the fact that they actually undergo a transformation, they are fucking alien. All right. And because they are further removed, like way further removed from what we are and what we know and familiarity lends itself a lot to appeal. Mm -hmm. Donkeys are big things that we are close to. Um, we know them to be a certain way, so that's familiarity in that way, too. And um, points for just, uh, I don't know, they have an ap appeal because they're cute. They can be cute. I think they get a, a little bit of un... Um, their build is cute, but also uh, they are kind of unsung heroes. Like, back in the day, I mean, obviously now they kind of just stand around and look cute. But, like, I mean, we, we use them historically throughout human history as a way to protect other livestock like a donkey will straight up kick the fuck out of a mountain lion or a wolf or any kind of large predator i think that's something we've kind of they're they're the, they're basically yeah. the unsung heroes of the tf community yeah but again they don't have that because there's a very specific idea that's permeated the idea of what a donkey is you know and that's just the idea which again is unfortunate because it does narrow the perspective of a thing, you know, 
and you want to talk about subverting something in the like the community or the fandom subverting it again it's not really done i have yet to see like you know a donkey character where it's just like you know now i have like the ability to protect my loved ones or you know or be really cute for them or have the strength to be able to achieve this goal or do this work you know that's not there it's big dumb horny and is an escape which is fine you know in its ways just that's really the biggest idea but i guess when it comes to me saying subversion i'm thinking less about what you're describing and more about like society as a whole has viewed these kinds of things as like punishments that people should be warded away from i mean you look for examples like in shakespeare with midsummer's night's dream like when puck gives the guy the head of a donkey that's supposed to be this like hilarious farcical thing that everyone should be laughing at like no one is supposed to be going oh yes that's what i want whereas there are definitely a sizable number of types of transformations that are seen favorably in both society and the community whereas the community has taken donkey tfs and made it a thing that lots of people want i guess that's what i'm saying when i say subversion i'm not saying necessarily subverting how society views the animal i'm saying subverting it as being like kind of a punishment into something that is desirable i suppose um in a way it's it's the sort of thing where you have somebody who wants to be an animal in the first place is a subversion because animals, as we perceive them generally, are lower than us, despite us actually having our own place in the animal kingdom. We're not actually separate yeah. from them. Our circumstances are just extremely different for the most part. Okay, so why? All right. Why is frog still a punishment? Probably because there's no real appeal i suppose and what being a frog could be it's really about the stories that you're told mm -hmm. all right so it's stories about punishment a loathsome disgusting slimy frog set to live only in the places the dredges in which humans are not meant to exist nor would they ever want to they they uh they swim amongst disease and filth and dangerous creatures and it's like all right and then if you have that going down for decades and decades and decades, you're like, yeah, who the fuck even wants to be a frog for play? They're small, they're weird, they're gross. I don't know anything about them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's no familiarity, there's no appeal, and the conversation around them is almost always a negative one. Not even playfully. So then if you are someone who enjoys frog TF, I mean, I know I do, I know you do, is there like some sort of a way that they should be reframed to try to appeal to other people? Or should we even just say like, fuck that, maybe they won't ever be a common species in TF, but that's fine, we like them just the way they are. First of all, as much as I'd like to see more, it doesn't mean I think everybody should be doing more, mm -hmm. but I would like it. It's not a prescriptive statement when I say, I want to see more frog stuff. What I can say is that there has been a reframing going on in general lately with a, a lot of creatures, and it has to do mostly with knowledge and actually uh, ha, 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 keeping an open mind and being able to change your perspective on something. <laughs> yes, that's another reason, and I'll get into this like probably later because it involves exploring unused creatures, but it's another reason I like Monster Girls. The thing about uh, frogs lately is that they have been reframed as these very cute, 
interesting pets. Um, frogs used to have, for instance, like you think of a frog, you see one in a cartoon sitting around looking kind of head empty. They, you know, flick their tongue out at a fly and boom, they get flies, whatever, right? Mm. And head empty. But frogs um, have been shown in a bunch of different ways. They are silly little creatures. They are silly little creatures who can have an unusually difficult time getting something that's barely moving. It's hilarious and it's adorable. <laughs> All right. They come in a bunch of fucking cool colors and shapes. They have a bunch of fucking wild abilities. Some of them are actually fucking transparent and you can see through them. Sure. And it doesn't even look gross. It looks fascinating. It's like a little living machine, you know? And those are real and they're fucking cool. And they're being shown off this way because now you can't. That's something I've always kind of wondered about, like historically, like the punishment angle, but then like in, in modern day from the TF perspective, if you look at like a werewolf, you know, you're bigger, you're faster, you're strong, you can tear things apart. Are there any examples for frogs or, or whatever kind of underused uh, animal TF that kind of do that? Like, I, like I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, if, you get transformed into a frog. Like, what What are your superpowers at, at that point? Or is that just something that doesn't ever really get brought up? One of the things I've noticed that some people have tried to do to make frogs more appealing is they've looked to more fictionalized portrayals of it. And the one that I have seen a lot more recently is um, there's the Pokemon Greninja. And that one... The whole like appeal is yes, it has a massive tongue, but you know it's a ninja, so it's like cool and fast, and also it still does all the things a frog can kind of do, and also because it's a Pokemon, it attacks things. So like I have seen at least that reframing. It's I know it's not like a frog frog, but like it is at least an interpretation in which you're becoming mm -hmm. a frog-like creature, and then there are distinct appeals to it that play more into like a oh now I'm a an improved person because I can do X, Y, Z. Yes, that is a very good example. There's also, now that I think about it, I can't think of the, the name of the movie, but there was a Kung Fu spoof where like there was a Kung Fu master or whatever, but he practiced like the frog style and he, that made him able to jump around and he could like puff his chest up and like, you know, blow enemies away by exhaling really fast. I have no idea what movie that was, but I, that was just a funny thing that popped into my head. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that. Yeah, okay, so I'm just going to emphasize building on what I said last time, which is that knowing about a something can build appeal and familiarity to it and an appreciation. So you don't know anything about frogs except they're slimy, they live in shitty places, and they're dumb. All right, that's if you have just accepted, I don't know, Michigan J. Frog between singing and dancing and making people look insane. <laughs> what? What you end up finding out about frogs is that they have a very fascinating fascinating array of abilities since there's so many fucking species of them. The hairy frog. Have I mentioned this to you guys before? I don't think I have heard of the hairy frog. We're not interested in cryptozoology here. This is a very serious podcast. Yeah, you're not. Except I'm about to blow your fucking mind because I told you frogs are pretty much aliens. Yeah. The hairy frog is also called the wolverine frog by some people because what it can do is that in order to defend itself, it will break the bones in its toe tips or fingertips, just to make it more imaginable. It will break the bones in its fingertips and push the broken bones through its own skin so that it can have makeshift claws. Holy oh, fuck. That's the most metal thing I've ever heard. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That is a fucking frog. So you just imagine yourself some kind of like frog or monster type 
monster type frog or frog person and you know and you're like i got no way out so you just like press your fingers against like a surface snap that shit through and take swipes at the nearest motherfucker who's trying to endanger you badass isn't it and i've yet to see that used in a tf so you know (laughs) i'm sure we'll get one now one of the things i always really like doing like for my stories is doing research um into whatever particular animal and i think a lot of times you come across stuff or underused or i guess we'll say like less popular or less um uplifting animals or whatever like i did a rat story and one of the things i came across was that rats will constantly check on each other not just through the use of like pheromones and stuff like that but they will actually like walk up and and getting each other's faces and kind of make sure everything is okay and it's almost like a constant thing in a nest that they'll be you know just just making sure everything is okay which like in a in a story sense kind of uh lends itself to more social interactions than you would have like before you were transformed and so i always think it's kind of interesting like if you find out stuff like uh, about the wolverine frog that you could work that into a transformation story or art or whatever that's really interesting yeah absolutely and there's just more to frogs that you could do like really wild stuff with and greninja was a really good example of making frogs look like something you'd want to be and roughly the same time i don't remember when my my hero academia even came out but um froppy i hate the name because i don't understand it (laughs) but froppy or the character's name is asui suyu and her thing is that she's pretty much a frog girl like she's got these big round wide eyes a generally wider mouth and what she has is pretty much like the long tongue and she has great agility her thing is pretty much like as i've heard someone describe her because i didn't reach very read very much of the manga she's kind of like the batman of the group because she doesn't have anything outwardly formidable you know no psychic powers no no huge super strength no super durability no like weird abstract purpose she just is very creative with the amounts of agility and like strange attributes that she has including being able to stick to surfaces which people like because spider-man is a thing and you know spider-man makes i don't know i don't know why spider-man hasn't made people want to be more like spiders but also spiders have also gotten a, a recent uptick in uh in their image i think because again i have learned about spiders People need to learn more about other animals now, yeah. now that they can. I kind of want to talk about spiders, too, because similar to what you're saying, I am genuinely surprised that there isn't more because of precisely the example you cited. Like, Spider-Man is one of the most recognizable superheroes. And, I mean, there is media for Spider-Man all over the fucking place. We've never had so much Spider-Man content than what we do now. And that has not in any way, shape, or form transferred over to an uptick in love for spider TF. And I mean, obviously this is bumping up against, I don't know how long of our kind of evolutionary fear of those things, because some of them can be poisonous or deadly to humans, but you would think with at least, you know, the kinds of portrayals that you see in media of Spider-Man and just that kind of stuff in general, that there would be at least more of like an openness to them. And that has certainly not happened. So I would be curious to hear your thoughts as to what's going on there too. Like are our internal evolutionary biases just too strong? 
Or is it just Peter Parker that's completely the hero here? True, maybe. It might just be Peter Parker. And maybe. Without Peter Parker, we just have a giant spider, don't we? Mm. I mean, sounds great. I'm in. You know, okay, okay. So, spiders. Spiders, uh, again, generally viewed as dangerous things, and they take off a lot of primal fucking alarms and flags and all that shit. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that... Um, with a lot of people feeling outcast or or like they don't belong, there is also, very obviously, many people who try to embrace the things that uh, people shun and turning it into power. I don't think spiders truly represent that for a lot of people simply because, again, it's a cultural thing. But, uh, of course, the more you learn about spiders, the more you realize, eh, they're not only not all that dangerous, many of them are not nearly as dangerous as people have constantly said, but also some of them can be cute. Jumping spiders for their, you know, weirdness, you take a good look at some of them, they can be kind of cute because of their big round eyes. They look like babies, you know? And the peacock spider, which is very pretty and looks silly because it has to do a dance and it has colors. It's very interesting. And uh, tarantulas, like the most popular version of a spider to incite some kind of fear in people, Tarantulas are apparently very good, very timid companions. Tarantulas are can also be oddly frightful. Not frightening, frightful. Mm-hmm. Example being that I read about a spider who um, accidentally stepped on its other foot without realizing it, and it scared itself. And then it put its own front legs in front of its face in fear. So it's just kind of like, no, no. No, what happened? What was that? I don't know what that was. And then, you know, you know, the owner was trying to be like, no, no, it's okay. But it's like, no, it wouldn't stop tensing up because it stepped on its own foot. And also tarantulas, they don't bite to defend themselves. That's like super last resort for nearly every spider. Yeah. As I have learned. Black widows, for instance, they'll only bite you if you give them no space to retreat, really. Mm-hmm. They don't descend on you and then go whoops what's this a creature i landed on trying to kill it that's why it's just like oh check your shoes for black widows like yeah because your foot's going to give them no space and the first thing they'll try to do is bite you tarantulas don't really bite and they also don't have venom that is consequential to humans one of their biggest defenses is actually um scraping off their own hairs with their legs the hairs are fine so they float in the air if they get into your eyes, they're an incredibly effective irritant. Oh, interesting. I didn't know. That's what tarantulas do. So then I guess, you know, obviously there has been kind of uh, an overreaction in a way to some of the threats that spiders can pose. And I guess I'm, I'm thinking back to our last episode and our discussion around epigenetics. Is it possible that, you know, and I guess this this to some degree extends to frogs, but when when it comes to spiders, is it maybe just the fact that because we've kind of had this selection of, I guess, for lack of a better term, like genes or behaviors to be passed down that are so fearful of spiders that it just causes it to be something that just is permanently within our culture? For spiders, I guess, like, it's really hard... Okay, uh, people will say, oh, the wolf spider. And I look up the wolf spider and like the credible sources all say, yeah, the wolf spider isn't really something you need to, 
to think about. I think about them quite a lot because I have those fuckers in my basement and occasionally they <laughs> crawl on my couch and get on my shirt. And I am extremely pro spider. Uh, I will not kill a spider. I don't really kill much of anything in my house, but uh, those motherfuckers need to chill. That's, this, none of this is relevant to TF, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it is because you want to know why you would want to be anything like a spider. Oh, here's... Okay, so first of all, there's the conflation with insects, and so that distinction is m just mashed into, what well, What do you think of with insects? Commonly speaking, flies, roaches. What's the most popular insect transformation movie you can think of? Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> Does that look fun to you? Yes. Uh, no, it's not. It, yeah, exactly. But who are you? I'm a weirdo. Yeah, this is true. You're just... <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're the weirdo. Everybody's weird. It's very frustrating when people are in their fucking bubbles. That's another tangent. I'm making I'm making a facetious just comment in general about my own TF interests. Because, I mean, you know, like, we're, we're sitting here. We're, we're, we're sitting here talking about uncommon TFs. But, like, even we have an interest in it, even as, like, a subgrouping of the community. So, hence why I, I jest about that. Okay, because, uh, okay, okay, okay. My problem with popular things like werewolves is that I have seen them done a lot of times. Is it fun? Yeah, it, it, it can be tons of fucking fun, but it can also be very, very samey, okay? There's a lot of ways that I've seen it done. I want to see other things. I want to see the interpretation of, like, where certain things will have to go or what will have to become what in order to, uh, in order to make the transition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think frogs are fascinating because they come in so many different shapes. I think that uh, I think that spiders and insects offer like a real stretch of the imagination. How do you want the exoskeleton to form? You know, things like that. Um, how many of these traits do you want to mix? If you want to mix them at all, you also have to uh, like adjust analogs. I want to see different things because transformation is. I, I want to see more things. So when people say, oh, man, we should really have less popular animals. I'm sorry to tell you guys, but <laughs> popularity is a thing that spans across all kinds of people. All right. Anybody who has a media hookup is likely going to get the same sort of impression that many people already have. You have to break the cycle yourself somehow or at least do a little more to contribute to it instead of I want to see less less kinds of this and more of that. It's. You got to do something about it, right? And there's only so much time anybody has. Mm -hmm. So I like to fixate on frogs a lot, but I do like the opportunity to try other things, even machines, which isn't an unused species, but it is under it is underappreciated. And I think that could be for another yeah, time. That's definitely underappreciated. But I guess like when it comes to, um, you know, we're saying like, oh, we want to see more underused things. Does it also have to then be an interesting species in general? Because like we've been talking about frogs and spiders and how, you know, they can be very fascinating from the perspective of those species. What about something that maybe doesn't have as much to say from an interest perspective? And maybe I'm about to I got one in. for you already. Okay, because I was going to suggest like clams or mollusks. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh, clams or mollusks. Sure, but let's go even more basic that gets fucking overlooked. Just fish. Yeah. Fish. Because you mentioned fish at the beginning, but like, I really want to test you guys and just think about it. A fish, the idea of a fish is so fucking ordinary. It can breathe underwater and it can't be on land. Ooh, you know, but holy shit. Don't you want to know how, you know, 
humans of fish could go or humans of fish traits could go. Mm-hmm. Haven't you ever really thought of how that could look? And that could be fucking interesting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get some really good shit. Bloodborne's uh, fishing hamlet has like really fishy stuff and it's very amazing what they did and I love their monster designs for that shit. All, like pretty much all oh, the yeah. monster designs are great. Yeah. Bloodborne slaps yeah. in general. <laughs> yeah, they make werewolves and everything else really cool. And by the way, if you haven't looked real closely at the rats, the rats used to be people. Yes. Yeah. Go play it again and look at it, folks. Yeah, it's game of the year every year, okay? Yeah, but fish, wouldn't that be interesting? Sea sea life is fucking a abundant too well the one thing i was just gonna say there is one caveat to the fish point and the the caveat that i'm gonna say is sharks don't fall into that category because there is a plethora of shark content but i think by and large the other fish yes this is this is true and it's sad like a shark is an apex predator and you know a a lot of tf is i'm not gonna go as crude as to say like fantasy fulfillment but you know this becoming more powerful than a person is Mm -hmm. you know Yes. One of the things that is just as interesting to me um, about physical transformation is the mental stuff, like the traits that you would pick up. And none of them thinking about it, like certain underused animals, like you've got, we'll go back to spiders, where I'm going to pick on them again. But if you, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, well, you know, the bloodthirsty animal and all this stuff, but that's not really what you could get out of that. You could say spiders are incredibly patient creatures, which is a positive trait. Just like one of the things I learned that spiders do, you know how like you can find like webs on things, you know, it's like, oh, cobwebs and shit like that, right? They're not always just building webs in any little corner. If you find stray strands, what they're doing is that um, they are attaching their strands to a surface just in case they fall. Spiders will leave strands in a bunch of different places if they think they're going to need it because spiders um, adhesion, I think is the word, is not perfect. They know that they could just fall off a surface and they really don't want to do that. And their backup is to stick little webs on surfaces so that in case they do they're just like whoops and they recover oh and another thing there's something called dry bites from spiders dry bites are pretty much what they sound like they bite without excreting any venom the reason they do that is because again they can be clumsy and they're aware of that so they will use their own mandibles to try to steady themselves if they feel like they're losing a kind of grip or traction that's interesting don't you think I also think like one of the really interesting things about TF is not just like looking for a positive trait that an animal has, especially an underused animal, but a very, very negative trait that um, lends itself very well to uh, writing in particular. Like if you look at like a salamander TF, I can't remember the Mm -hmm. name of it, but there's one salamander that I think is built as like the slimiest animal on the planet it's just like more like mucus secretion than like an octopus or something like that and that that's interesting to me because it's a very unwanted change from the the person going doing it and um having to figure out like okay how do i adjust my life now that i have to you know i I have a lot of trouble picking things up now you know and that's the while that's not an easily appreciated trait it's easily appreciated from the sense of being um, something that can add tension or conflict to a story and that's you know that's very appealing to me at least. that's a good point 
I think you can find the negative traits mostly very easily. I think the challenge would be to find something that uh, is either less known or putting in, identifying something that people overlook. Mm. So if you want to talk about uh, being terribly slimy and you want to talk about mental changes, um, if you want to keep it a little condensed into what we've talked about already, frogs will try to eat anything anything they can fit into their mouths including each other frogs are cannibalistic too yeah they are (laughs) so that's news to me yeah so just imagine having this urge like you know you're hungry and you're just like why do i want to shove a toaster in my mouth (laughs) why do i want to why did i try to swallow my partner's arm just now it's like it actually got down my gullet and they just like pulled it out and just like holy shit what the fuck are you doing you know you're like i couldn't help myself now that would be an instinct i'd like to see explored in, yeah in like, sir this is walmart <laughs> you're not allowed to do that here yeah you're not allowed to swallow the rack of clothes like <laughs> we we sell these microwaves <laughs> yeah you know and some of the things they don't they can't even put in their mouths um there's been plenty of clips i've seen where like frogs like will bite at each other because they'll notice more movement in the frog than in like the cricket that's in front of them because the cricket is just not fucking moving and they'll just like they'll nip harmlessly at the other frog and the other frog will be like ah the fuck you know (laughs) yeah and um and shit like that you know negative traits in terms of that uh, inconveniences there's plenty to find if you look into other kinds of animals in fact you know what into spiders I mentioned how they're very, very careful. Well, they gotta be. So if you turn into a spider or a spider-like thing, and you don't learn to utilize your other traits, you're going to be putting yourself in dangerous situations, slipping around, falling off shit, all because you thought, yeah, okay, I can stick on anything, I'll be fine. So basically, Spider-Man lied to us. I was just about to say that. One of history's greatest monsters, Spider-Man. God. Fucking Peter Parker. One day we'll be rid of him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is now the J. Jonah Jameson official podcast. He was right all along. I'll support him when the time comes, but for now, fuck him. <laughs> it, uh, for spiders, okay, just a fun thing. Apparently, the spider sense is sort of technically real. Yes. Yeah. That I do know about, actually. It, and it's really interesting, like, how they have that kind of almost sixth sense yeah so why don't you why don't you want to try being a spider sometimes this transformation it's about wanting to try a bunch of different shit right but no not that it's icky and fine i don't need to again it's not prescriptive in terms of what i think people should be doing specifically i think it would be beneficial for people to expand their horizons sometimes if you talk about liking turning into stuff um, have your preferences, but um, at least acknowledge, you know, I think that would be good. One of the things actually I was going to mention about fish before we moved on, so I'm going to bring the conversation back to it. You know, we were talking a little bit about how sometimes TFs can be reframed as a, a powerful thing and then people are interested in them. So we were talking about Greninja with frogs. One of the things that then I want to push back on with the fish is obviously mermaids and mer creatures have been a trope in media for like time immemorial i mean you can trace talking about mermaids and mermen back to you know the the greeks and and their stories so you know those are half fish half people obviously it's not 
fully a TF or fully a fish, but could you also not argue that perhaps that is the way in which we've kind of reframed fish and made them a part of kind of our cultural lexicon? How do you mean? Because um, I kind of don't know where you're going with the question. Well, I guess my question is, you know, one of the th ways in which we've seen maybe more TF at times with some of these underused species is almost reframing them into something that's more quote-unquote appealing. Oh. So that was why I used the analogy of Greninja with frogs. So, you know, is the existence of mer people kind of a point against what we're saying in terms of fish? If you're asking, like, why fish kind of suck in terms of, like, a cultural perspective, again, it's like, fish is food. Fish is just food. You go fishing. Fish exists as, like, a food first and a thing to look at as a distant second. I feel like they're fucking beneath compassion for a lot of people, if, you, if we got to be honest. Because what is fishing but having a steel hook, you know, dig into them? Like, yeah, you want to be that kind of creature, which is like so just vulnerable and who cares? And they look weird and they can't even be outside of water, which is what I'm used to, you know? And also, you could be trapped inside. Like, I'm thinking of all the negatives right now because it's very easy to. If you're a fish that lives in a pond, you're not going to escape the pond. If you're a fish, you know, there's a lot that you're bound to, unless maybe you're in the ocean. I think that um, the positive of being a fish is literally living in a way that nobody, nobody can possibly imagine, which is another reason that I don't think people think about fish. Fish also can't make any kind of cute noise, all right? And fish aren't something that you can really touch. They're just, they're always like on the periphery. It's something that is pretty much outside of our notice unless we want them. So why would you want to be one? Even other than that, like going even beyond the appeal of just that, like I've always wondered, what is the appeal of mermaids? Is it just uh, historically, I, I guess, like Brothers Graham and everything, like they're the top half is like a very attractive lady or whatever. But why why fish lady swims around in water? Like, what is it about that that captivates, especially kids, right? Like, kids are always fascinated by mermaids. Yeah. I wish we had uh, our guest from episode two, Duck, on, because I know that he's a big fan of them. I mean, if I can posit a potential explanation, I'm not like a huge merfolk TF person, but there is definitely somewhat of an appeal regarding being able to transit in water so easily because a lot of, you know, when you're growing up, one thing that a lot of people do tend to do is learn how to swim, at least, you know, especially people on the coast, I guess. And, you know, being able to transit those depths, but also still be somewhat of a person, I think is what appeals to a lot of kids. Because like you were saying, Libra, like, you know, the ocean is like this completely separate thing that we can't really transit through. So, you know, we don't really think of fish as anything because we don't go through there. But it is also a source of fascination. I mean, there are parts of the ocean that we still haven't even fully mapped as a species now. So, you know, there is a sense of like, well, if I had this form, I could transit through it and fully explore it in a way that I'm not able to do as a person. And having that semblance of personhood combined with, you know, the fish-like properties of a merfolk, like that can be seen as an appeal to some people yes and the thing about being merfolk is the sheer convenience again and again familiarity there is an entire half of a person pretty much the whole half that most people care about you get to have that 
And most mm-hmm. of the time, you get to have the benefit of uh, existing in some way out of the water without being harmed. You know, if you want to talk about why they like it, generally speaking, generally speaking, the look of a mermaid is inoffensive. At best, it can look incredibly pretty, but at best, you're just kind of like, well, look at that. That works, you know? So that's one reason that merfolk, instead of just like straight up fish, can be... uh can be appealing because they got again the huge familiarity and also like oh wow what if me because you could put yourself in the position of something where all you got to do is replace your legs with a you know with a long fin yeah they're very anthropomorphized yeah so again familiarity they can sing sometimes they could talk whatever they can do a number of things that we can which is helpful for uh being liked you know Mm -hmm. a lot of us do not like different things and again ironic but yeah, mermaids get the best of both worlds. They have like an exotic, generally elegant look. And wouldn't it be great if you could be a fish, never mind a merfolk, and begin to understand the water? Because despite our attraction to the water and our ability to exist in it and around it, we mm-hmm. are so fucking scared of it. Yeah. Because as far as we know, it's an abyss. We have never fully... Yeah. We have begun to map out the universe itself better than we've mapped out our own ocean. Mm, okay, well, I, I wouldn't go quite that far, but I, I do take your point. No, no, no. Apparently, that's it. Really? There are scientists that say that the ocean is actually the fr- final frontier, not space. We haven't even really gotten to really fucking figure out the bottom of our own ocean. I mean, yes, but space is so vast. I just... Oh, I space is vast. Okay, no, space is vast, but they have been able to quantify and figure out the elements of things that we are never going to be able to reach. That is different. Okay, that's, a, that's different from saying, yeah, we don't know what's down there. But up there, we have figured out that elemental components of this is that, this is made of this, this is made of that. Due to this, we've been able to observe that there is uh, molten glass raining sideways on this planet. But down there, what the fuck is down there? I mean, Cthulhu, obviously, somewhere. I mean, yes, that, that's a given. Good for Cthulhu. I bet he's just like, bet he's just like Satan and the Smiling Friends. He's bored, he's depressed, and he's just like, I need to feel again. <laughs> Since you brought up space, I will then mention this. You know, there is generally a sizable amount of alien TF in the fandom, and that kind of flies in the face of familiarity because obviously those are the most unfamiliar things of all. Like we don't have any reference point for aliens. So why are we treating alien TF in a different way from things like fish, which are so familiar from just like an understanding and knowledge perspective? Is it because we can just imagine them to be whatever we want them to be? Or is there something else going on? Well, there's two types of alien TF too, right? There's, you know, the artist slash Arthur's creation, but then there's also like I know you really like Turians from Mass Effect. Um, I do. I don't. I don't. And Lombax. I don't hate you because of that. It's just that the Krogans are way better in every respect. I will. I will have you know. I have a Krogan TF. Okay. Oh, so I, I will okay. say I've, I'll, I've I'll, indulged in both of them. I will, so I will back down then. Um, they do have four testicles after all, and hopefully that they that do. worked it into your TF. Four testicles, <laughs> and they still can't reproduce. I guess the virus is... Well, that's uh, yeah. b- because of the fucking Solarian. I know, I know. The fucking Solarian. It's ironic, it's ironic. It's irony. I, I know, know that I know. much. <laughs> I am, I'm not a Mass Effect fan. <laughs> if, if you're a Solarian and you're listening to this podcast, we don't want you. Yeah, fuck so, off. Oh. Um, but, but just talking about like familiarity, like 
If you know what a Tyrion is, you're extremely familiar with that. But if mm-hmm. it's, I mean, are, are we talking about that kind of alien being familiar? Or are we talking about, like, something the artist made on? I mean, I guess in general. Because, like, you know, you see people gravitate to, like, obviously I can see the appeal of, like, you know, a Lombax or a Turian. Those are things that are portrayed very positively in the media that they come from. And they have some sort of, like, real-world analogies. I guess I'm thinking more of, like... I don't know. There are definitely people, myself included, who are down bad for xenomorphs, and those are supposed to be terrifying. Like those are not supposed to be things that you're supposed to no, but enjoy. You know. But well, hold on. Part of the thing here is like we're getting away from the idea that being an animal, which some people either consider either lesser or greater than us, is part mm. of the attraction. So if you want to be a tiger, tigers are bigger and stronger and faster than us and can kill us way more easily than we can kill them. So there's the appeal. Do you want to be that with a xenomorph? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I guess that maps out. It seems pretty simple to imagine why somebody would want to be a xenomorph. But yeah, you were saying. No, I guess that does answer my question. I guess like it's interesting to me that you know we can gravitate as people to things that literally do not exist more than we do to things that we can like tangibly see and observe and learn things about from a tf perspective like that is a very interesting kind of way for us to orient ourselves as people and you know like it doesn't even always have to be restricted to like let me put it this way we've been talking a lot about like non-mammals because that is often the thing that is the most other from us humans who are also mammals but there are even mammal species that don't really get much in the way of tf art and i don't really understand why like to give you an example like you know pangolins i don't really see much oh my god pangolins pangolins is the most popular art that people mention that doesn't get made that has some stuff made of it every time i have heard (laughs) every time this has come up it's been fucking pangolins pangolins hey we're, we're all friends here, guys. Okay. No, it's just like it's just like man. Well, I didn't say armadillo because I have armadillo TF art. So you know I'd why? Be because people know what an armadillo is, but a pang a pangolin. Now, now, what is that? That word is weird to a lot of people, at least in North America. It's just, but it's just so funny that it's the most popular unused animal, as far as I can tell. I've heard the pangolin thing before. <laughs> I know, but it, there's not a lot of art of it out there, there and that's a mammal. There, like, you would think there'd be more. Oh, it, again, probably because it doesn't make a lot of noises. I don't know. Maybe because it has armor and it doesn't look cuddly. You know what? Here, I'm going to tell all of you something, okay? Turtles started? Turtles can feel through their <laughs> shells. If you think that having a shell or armor is somehow going to numb your sensation to the outside world, you are fucking wrong, Okay. Open your minds. <laughs> I do not disagree. Again, I am. I like pangolins. I've gotten armadillo TFs. I've gotten turtle TFs. I'm not disputing that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not attacking you. <laughs> okay. Don't be defensive now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm just being sensitive. Shut up. Anyway, <laughs> just just for the record, turtles can also feel through their hearts. Most emotional, sensitive animals that are. They really are. Shout shout out to turtles. Turtles are a blessing. They are. So, okay, I just also have a couple points to make about aliens, because I feel like the question wasn't properly explored, but I did have other things to say. Okay, just the quick points were that one thing that I think you'd need to notice is that in terms of aliens, we latch on to other people's creations and interpretations of aliens, all right? Mm-hmm. So, immediately, 
you again breed some kind of familiarity and an expectation so you're like oh yeah i would want to be that you generally know what a xenomorph is you know what a turian and a krogan is I don't know. You know what a space pirate is? A Lombax is. A Lombax, yeah. yeah. And when I say space pirate, I was going to follow up, like, the Metroid space pirates. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you generally know what those are. So then immediately you're just like, what I want to? Yes or no? And there's the consideration there. But the idea of becoming an alien? You know, ironically speaking, I don't think anybody really wants to be an alien for the most part because they can't, cons- they don't conceptualize it on their own they have other people's conceptualizations to do it for them oh i see what you're saying i'm sitting here like the lombax furry going we don't want to be aliens like what <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm going to mention one exception to this rule okay of somebody mm-hmm. that i know it's an artist on twitter she goes by um mm woodcock that's two m's and woodcock's by the way it sounds okay amazing and she has an oc that is actually an alien that she's done transformation of, and it's just something that she designed, this character named Wisteria, and she was like, yeah, this is a cool idea, like, be an alien, and I like this idea, and I conceptualized this, and I made it. She is the only one I can think of who has explored the possibility of being, you know, a cosmic being, or at least something from another world, and turning into that, and... I would think that it would be cool if people would, instead of, uh, like, thinking about that, try thinking about your own conceptualizations. Yes, even if it's based on somebody else's idea, you know, see what you could expand on with that. The fun thing about transformation is, you know, I like this, but I can have it in this way. And that's another reason that I think it's weird that there's a lot of unpopular animals because... Fine. What if you like the fact that spiders have many legs? Oh, but you don't like the needle-like hair appearance that they can have. Don't have it. I, I don't like that they have many eyes. Okay, don't have it. I don't like that they have like the weird like mechanical like thresher kind of looking mouth. Okay, don't have it. You can do anything with it. And I think it would be so fucking cool if people were able to look past like the default of what something is and be able to actually explore it. Or at least tweak it for fun. Oh, well said. Side note, this person's art is fantastic. If anyone wants to uh, check them out, yeah, M.M. Woodcock on Twitter is really, really good, especially Alien TF. Which... Yeah, I've literally never seen this person's art before, and it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck. Uh, I got to know her a little while ago, and without getting into too much, I just want to say, I'm the reason she makes the stuff. Anyway... <laughs> Well, she does great. She does great. Yes, she does. Yeah, I'm very happy that... Shout out to her. Yeah, if you ever listen to this, I'd just like to say that I'm very happy that you decided to explore uh, the concept and uh, still like to play with it in your head every now and again. I think any little bit that you've decided to add into the pool of content and ideas has been uh, has been really cool. I'm grateful for that much. So then I guess moving back to the, the underserved mammals. Okay, we'll move past Pangolin for a second because I know that's a sore <laughs> spot. But here's here's another example. Tapirs. Tapir. I very, very rarely see tapir TF. So what's up with that? That's a mammal. That's one that actually looks fairly similar to a lot of other ones. Still don't really see much of anything with them. Yeah, I was going to say, I would say maybe because they have a very funny nose, but then you do see a lot of elephant Yeah, there's a lot of elephant TS. Oh, but an elephant, but okay, the thing of the difference between like an elephant and a tapir is that an elephant seems to like, uh, for lack of a better term, commit to the trunk 
the trunk has a very like particular specific use but when you look at the when you look at like a tapir's nose you're kind of like why would i have that i don't get it you know <laughs> it's their style and by god they fucking work it shout out to tapirs. yeah it's called it's called fashion okay like <laughs> i believe the kids say drip now there's also a difference in the fact that elephants have the uh, perception of size and strength and presence. Tapirs don't have that. They're like weird little looking pigs. On their face, okay, on the general appearance, when you look at a tapir, what do you know about them? What do you think that they can do that you want to be able to experience? I want that nose. Hello? No, no. like aside from the nose, aside from what makes them look unique, uh-huh. what about them? I mean, so they live mostly in South and Central America, if I recall correctly. And there is a lot that you could explore in the Amazon if you were a tapir. So oh, honestly, I would say that. See, now that's something that even that's something that I didn't consider. It's not that I wouldn't ever want to try being a tapir for a while. It's just that mm-hmm. I wouldn't have considered that. And I don't think many people would. And I think that this point can be applied to almost anything your ability to become something will allow you to go to places that you will never be able to go with a perspective you were never able to have. Someone please do a thoughtful, introspective, existential tardigrade TF. You first. Uh, what it would mean. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> Set nah. the standard. Maybe. I mean, just you TF into something that can live in space and is functionally immortal and would explain the human condition. In a way that no oh, other yeah. artist we'll, can. We'll see. Shout out to tardigrades. <laughs> tardigrades. Aren't they also called water bears? I think they are, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, mixing up water bear with anything else. But yeah, why not tapirs? Because, well, I think it's really cool to be able to explore the Amazon in a way that isn't like total bottom of the food chain, but also enough to get around and assert yourself. Yeah. So yeah. That is a good reason to want to be one, but otherwise yeah. they don't have like big strong hooves. They can't kick anything to death. Uh, they're not incredibly big. You don't know if they're super strong. They don't have like big sharp teeth to like pull hunks of flesh out of people. So uh, why you want to be that? Unless you want to be like cute and cuddly, but not everybody wants to be that. And when they do, it goes back to like default stuff usually. I guess, but like they're also very similar to pigs in a way, and like you see pig TF everywhere. So it's like I also find that interesting that it's like tapir is pretty related to pig TF, but you don't see that crossover in the appeal. They also have a lot of integrity. Uh huh. That was that's exactly what I was gonna get at. Tapirs do not have the uh, the reputation that pigs do, and what I've noticed, and anybody is free to argue with me. But when it comes to pigs, it's about a lot of humiliation. It's about a lot of subservience. It's about punishment. It's about pain. It is a generally terrible thing to do. I would argue that pigs are like a worse punishment than like frogs. You know? Wow. That's that's a fucking hot take right there. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about like that I think it is bad to be a pig. What I'm saying is that in terms of what I would ask people if they want to be, they'd probably sooner not be a pig because the idea of a pig is a filthy, disgusting creature. The best thing they're for is to kill and eat, you know, and they're fucking really weird. And, you know, some people embrace that weirdness, usually for like the sexual category and stuff. But pigs are not usually portrayed, again, in a very positive light, but they are very popular as a topic. 
for transformation, just not for really positive ways. Charlotte's Web would like to have a word. Charlotte's Web's word apparently is drowned by the fact that you can have ten titties on a pig girl, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a valid argument. You know? that's But, like, come on, man. It's just like, yes, pigs can be very sweet. Like, oh, are they a little gross? Yeah, you know what else, like, fucking is kind of gross? Cats are fucking filthy, okay? Cats are filthy, too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Dogs are pretty nasty. This is from someone that's fostered over 20 dogs but they're they're pretty fucking gross creatures i just want to pause for a minute because you come onto my podcast and talk slander about cats when i'm a space cat i'm just so offended i love cat girls i love feline transformation feline transformation has like an under abundance it's weird i don't know i swear i don't see a lot of cat stuff um and anyway animals are generally gross it's just like i think a chicken is filthier than a pig like try to measure up for like oh what's like carries a lot of dirt and germs and stuff like you better be careful when handling a chicken more than you are like petting a pig yeah that's true yeah a rooster will fuck you up if given the opportunity oh yeah, yeah. why not be a rooster i like the idea that i could use my talons to cut the fucking femoral artery of somebody that is like 10 times bigger than me get fucked (laughs) and i'm faster than you (laughs) it's pretty based i gotta say you can also make a bunch of penis jokes (laughs) Yes, I mean, that is obviously part of the appeal, too. But I will, I guess it's funny you bring that up as well, because I think avian TF as a whole is pretty undervalued in the TF community, too. Yes, it is. So what's up with that? I, I you know, I, I think that's another one that is becoming more popular, though. I, I see a yeah. lot more of that than I used to a thousand years ago. More, yeah. Um, I think that also comes with, okay, birds already have more appeal in general. The immediate thing, flight. Yeah, okay. Like, almost it, almost everybody wants to fly. I want to be like a bird is something you could hear from almost any motherfucker's mouth, okay? And that's one reason that uh, birds will easily, like, make it into, like, transformation easier than, like, I say, a frog. Mm-hmm. Those frogs are also um, very sensitive to the environment. Their skin is something that needs moisture, and depending on the kind of frog you are, blah, 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 blah. Birds, on the other hand, like, I don't know, man, there's so many kinds, and outwardly speaking, they can be anything from unassuming and, uh, and blend into their environment to incredibly fucking flamboyant and just fucking gorgeous. The appeal of being a bird is like, yeah, you know, that's fucking awesome, but maybe... If I gotta if I gotta argue why somebody wouldn't want to be a bird, it's gotta be the head. The head is not very person like. It's um mm-hmm. it puts your eyes to the sides and you can't really make expressions. And um and beaks are like this weird concept that are that's hard for people to like grasp. You know, it took me a lot of learning to, to like figure out analogs to a beak and how to express that and what a beak is. Mm-hmm. I imagine it would make it very hard to drink beer, so fuck all that noise. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're not drinking any stouts out of a glass with that beak. Yeah, you're not drinking stouts on much of anything, I guess, <laughs> unless you had, oh, my God, what if you had a bird bath? No. Filled with Yo. alcohol. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. We just cracked the case. Where nah. the fuck are you on that, NASA? Get your shit together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can have something that, like, come on, imagine you have a, you know, bird necks are, like, generally very uh, flexible. So you imagine just, like, curling your neck up and just, like, making sure you got the, you got the, like, pitch that's, like, just designed to fit right into your beak. And you're just kind of, like, jutting your head back and forth, like, gulp, 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 you know. You take your little bits, you take your swigs, you take your chugs. 
Why not? Like, why do I need that when I could have a bird bath? Like, I don't know. I think the bird bath is the solid solution here. I did have a story one time where a lady with an alligator mouth had to have her husband uh, pour beer into her mouth. So I think <laughs> the amazing. If you can get anything out of this podcast, um, try to live your life in a way that you will have a loved one pour beer down your alligator mouth. Yeah, that's a mark of true I love. I think that's that's basically what we're really getting. Good at friends right too. I would pour yeah, I'll, friends too. I'll pour beers into my friends' mouths if they need it. You know. Sure, absolutely. Thank you. And yeah, yeah. It, again, it's like appearance, but I think beaks can be really fucking cool. They also come in a bunch of different oh, yeah. shapes and shit. So obviously, they can range yeah, from absolutely. like really sleek and powerful looking to us versus um like uh versus like really silly and shoebill and all that shit beaks can be very fucking cool i mean never mind like toucans for example toucans are my favorite fucking bird like i've done manips of of toucans before like their beaks are fascinating to me they're not really all that practical at least from like general perspective but they're so fucking colorful i mean oh yeah there's an appeal there what a thing to have a part of you that is so solid and so integral and also decorative. It's like, you know, it's like those old commission revolvers with the incredibly elaborate etches, except you grew it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that would be really cool. Uh, I think what also gets underestimated or at least not considered enough is that beaks can be shockingly powerful and, and respect them. <laughs> yeah, they can do some serious fucking damage. Uh-huh. And also talons. Talons and beaks can all be incredibly fucking deadly. You know, when you got falconers and other people that handle a variety of avians and stuff like that, they got to protect themselves to not get gashed and, like, mangled. And it's not because the bird wants to do it. It's just like, what the fuck else is it doesn't know to do? It's just hanging on. It needs to hang on. Yeah, then my question to you, to back to you then, is we were just talking about how sometimes with some of these TFs, it's like, oh, we don't necessarily see the appeal because it's not like getting bigger or better at something. For birds, they actually have a lot of things going for them. They can fly, which is not something we can do. You can have these like incredibly powerful birds, like a red-tailed hawk or something. There are positive portrayals of those things in media, and yet still we don't actually see a lot of bird tf content so i know we said the beak but like i feel like there must be something else there that we're missing like what is it that is not bringing people into it okay let's talk about uh the power what i know isn't what it looks like uh teeth are a symbol of power to us they're a threat <laughs> they're dangerous uh things that have teeth can have appeal if you want to be them birds don't have that and um, so you kind of dismiss it. You see their talons. Talons are, are identifiable, to, identifiable to us as something that we would probably want to have. But um, then we think about the fact that if we want to be a bird, we would have to lose our arms. And yes, I know there are plenty of people who like to lose their dexterity or like the idea of it or don't mm -hmm. mind it. Yep, me. The point is, if you have to lose your hands or something to like kind of feel the world with, Maybe you don't want that. This is all supposition. We're just shooting this shit here. No one's saying we're like the ultimate authority. We're just postulating here. <laughs> well, and, and also another added benefit that doesn't get brought up in TF fiction a lot is the ability to anonymously and without consequence shit on my boss's car would be very advantageous. Oh, yeah. You could do that, but you're easier to spot on a camera. Not if I was a bird. Ah, but you do less damage as a bird. <laughs> 
that's all, that's, a, that's the limits of your imagination, my friend. There's a lot of damage you could do as a bird. Yeah, a bird that stops by Taco Bell on the way to the parking lot is that's a realm of violence that we're not prepared to deal with as a species. It's true. Okay, like a bird's revenge, by the way. Um, final revenge, you could almost say. Uh, I learned that uh, birds damage the uh, the hulls of airplanes. Oh yeah. Yeah, birds are fucking metal. You look like uh, like the Shrike, where they take uh, insects and literally impale them on thorns. Yeah, yeah. Birds don't fuck around. I think that's another reason <sighs> I don't think about this enough because, again, my perception changed a long time ago. Birds can be seen as a pest. Birds can be seen oh, as pests. Yeah, that's true. Yes, we try to keep birds out of our out of our spaces because oh, they'll shit on anything. I'm like, but they're just being the way they are. But that really can you know, sink into your biases without you noticing it. So why would you want... Or they'll still... Yeah. Or they'll steal your chips on the beach, you know? Yeah. Birds have actually a negative reputation. They're annoying. They're loud. They shit on everything. Ah, ah, ah. And then you're kind of like, oh, man, you know, I guess nobody really likes birds that much, do they? Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad, I think, because I think the general theme is... It's very easy to stay within our comfort zones, but it's not kind of done mindfully. My perception has become that we don't necessarily stay in the comfort zones because we know that we like them so much as we don't want to deal with anything else. You know, whether it comes to learning or challenging your perspective or just trying something fucking new because it takes effort. It's it's why popular things stay popular. It's actually a fucking mathematical constant at this rate. But I see mm-hmm. no reason, no reason to not try against that. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to like say a more positive note, I mean, I do think that we as like a group of people who are interested in transformation, as I've said many times before, I think that lends itself to an openness of the mind, not always, but in a lot of ways. And I think that, you know, the more you immerse yourself in transformation and think about some of these things and listen to other people's perspectives, you may find that you're into things that you wouldn't have thought originally. And I think that part of what we try to do on the pod is to continue to bring those different perspectives. So like, you know, I hope that people can take away from this conversation that say, for example, you know, there can be an appeal to frog TF. There are, you know, these traits that are interesting and maybe you want to explore those or for fish or for spiders or for tapirs. Like, I think there is sometimes, like you said, we stay inside our comforting comfort zones, but not necessarily because we're not looking to branch out of it. We just don't always see information brought to us in a way that's digestible and so i hope that we've been able to do a little bit of that today yeah i hope so too because i do like seeing new things it's why i don't really indulge much in uh in like werewolf content or like the donkey stuff like i don't really indulge in a lot of those things mostly because i don't find it very interesting anymore it's been done so much so so much and i think it would be so fucking cool to just see other things that's mostly it i do like my own set of things i have favorites just like you know i still want to see other things that's why spring was a good movie for instance spring is a great movie spring was fucking great watch it uh what when did spring come out it was like what the 2016 yeah like 2016 something like that yeah but like the spring movie in like the mid like 2010s you know i recommend that movie that is a fucking 
really good movie with exactly what you're looking for, plus really good themes, and it's just there's there's no other movie like it that I can think of. We we could spend a whole episode talking about that movie. I, I, like I so. yeah. still you know where I stand. I still stand that that's the um, penultimate TF movie. Uh, it came out in 2014, and it is billed as an American romantic body horror film. So if you have not seen that and that sounds appealing, you should check that movie out. You should check it out. And don't even listen to the labels because I feel like it transcends all that shit. Don't listen to labels. Don't uh, watch the trailer. Do, just... do not watch the fucking trailer. Yeah, don't watch. Don't, 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 don't. Go into it very blind. Uh, yeah, I just, I want people to be willing to uh, explore things because yeah. that's what I've wanted to do. Give me good werewolf stuff every now and again. I will definitely appreciate it. I still fancy like horse stuff. But that's that again is because I think it's very different from like a human body. I feel like the more you have to change about the human body, the more fun it can be. You know, if there's a strange shape that you have to mold it into, there's so much fun that can be had with that. So we have a few questions that I've selected from some of the previous episodes that we wanted to get into. I don't know, Doran, if you want to take a stab at pitching them to us. Sure. We have a question coming in from Madame Chacat. They ask, and hopefully that is how you pronounce that word, because I've only seen it written and not said out loud. So they ask, if you transform into an animal that's normally domesticated as a pet, would you tough it out as a stray or let yourself get adopted? Oh my God, I cannot answer this question. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Uh, so you really can't? Why? <laughs> I have worked extensively with adopted animals. I have seen what people do to animals, and there is no way in fuck that I would want to live as a stray. Yeah, that's, there's some nightmare fuel stories I could tell that I'm not going to tell. So, yeah, very quickly my answer would come across as I would be lazy and lay on the couch all day like pets should. Yep. Well, Zell. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with you there too. Yeah, I'm. I would go with adoption because I would rather not have to deal with some of that shit. And like, yes, maybe you have less in the way of freedom, and there is obviously a trade-off there. But also, like, man, I if I'm TF'd into a a pet, like, I wouldn't know the first thing about hacking it as a stray. So might as well stick with what's familiar. Yeah, that's the thing that people need to understand about what it is to be a stray means that um, you are out of your elements. If you are a domesticated animal, you are not actually quite as suited to be out on your own in an environment that is made primarily for humans. Being a stray is generally a bad idea unless you got an exit plan, which if you do, you're not really living the uh, stray lifestyle, are you? It would suck. And I would rather be adopted by some caring owners because that is that's really the best the best shot you're going to have. There is very little freedom in being in fearing for your life and not knowing where to go and how to handle your body and your instincts to survive in a city. It's it'll suck. It will suck. <laughs> uh, next question comes from someone that is named Ulysses Duckler. I think. That... I feel, I feel like Never heard yeah, of him yeah, definitely an obscure person there. Who are you? Uh, they ask if you had a transformation that strictly happened on full moons, how would you plan around it every month? Would it be a special night where you'd always make sure to clear your schedule, or would the infrequency make you too impatient slash annoyed? I I can't get any more impatient slash annoyed. So 
it really <laughs> wouldn't affect my life. Considering my idea of a perfect transformation is telling society to go fuck itself and going and living in a small, pulling a JD Salinger and living in a cabin in the woods somewhere. I, I'm, mm. I'm not a, this is also not a great question for me because, uh, well, like, <laughs> What you want is a mix of self-actualization and isolation. <laughs> Mostly just isolation. Mm, that's fair. I'll miss you, but enjoy, I guess. Well, I, I'd still come back and we could drink beer every once in a while. Okay, that'd okay. be nice. I'm not going to deprive you of me. I mean, that that would be cruel. Uh, that would be very cruel. I would, I would be suffering. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have to think about the question. Uh, I, I, I just fucking... I guess I'd take the I'd try to clear the schedule and make it a thing because I'll want to indulge in it as much as possible and um, I wouldn't really be as impatient about it but I will get that incredibly I will get incredibly fucking upset if something gets in the way of that just anything that gets in the way it's like the doorbell is ringing and it's just like yeah that's that's when the urge to kill will actually rise like leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree i think it definitely also depends on like the species you're becoming because like on like my default answer would be yes clear the the night in the schedule and like over time probably the infrequency will make me a little annoyed but also like the species is a big part of it because like if you're going for like a traditional werewolf route you kind of have to be more like careful about clearing your schedule if you're becoming like i don't know a fucking were wombat i mean there's less in the way of an urgency towards like being careful about others so not necessarily the fact that you go from like human to other animal can be uh a problem of all kinds it doesn't matter if you'd be lethal to the people or not of course of course but i feel like the the actual like impact of this question changes depending on whether or not you're a lethal threat to other people or not yeah but like i guess what i mean to say is like if it's not even like an animal like to use a, a wild example if i'm a wear couch do you think it matters if i clear my schedule or not no it doesn't actually matter it's just gonna happen and i'm gonna sit there right so you know I, that's what i mean when i say the impact of the question matters i will say though that the benefits of being able to schedule time for your transformation means that you can actually plan out to make it really really fun or good that's true yeah so like what if eventually you can figure something out with like a partner or a friend or something like that or just time it where you could you could be at an event you know it's just like oh shit i can actually go to like this convention like this Let's do it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, my God. I would totally hit up MFF. Oh, yeah. You would be the most popular motherfucker there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Good question. Yeah, very good question. Uh, just final thought, too. If you have not seen the British version of the show Being Human, it goes into that oh. um, this exact scenario yes. so many times, and it's very interesting. Very good. I don't know about the American version. I've never seen that, but I've also heard it's good, too. And we've got a host of other questions coming in that I think we're going to take kind of rapid fire uh, coming in from Kipper. Uh, so they have a lot of um, questions here. We'll just go through them really quickly. We'll, we'll ask one question and get consensus and then move on to the next one if that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the first question, do you consider the following things TF? And there's a host of things. Are Inkling Squid Kid changes TFs? Yes. 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 Yeah. 
Yeah, that one's pretty yeah. straightforward, I think. They literally transform. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of transform, are transformer transformations TF? No, obviously not. A transformer, no. What? It's not even in the name or anything, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit. No, they definitely what, Wasn't there yes. at one point a Transformer con that was going on at the same time as Fernal Equinox, which is the transformation con? Yeah, it happens in Mississauga. Yeah, because it's literally called TF Con, and it happens in Mississauga, and it has nothing to do with like transformation. It's just about Transformers. Are the Voltron parts linking together a TF? No, I don't think it's a TF. I'm surprised you answered it, it that way. Well, why would you say that? It's just not. I like it's yes, things are coming together for a TF, but it's like what's the word? It is an It's not like a It is a It's not like a person changing. It's a thing changing. Yeah. That's and a like, transformation. I, I, I know we just talked about transformers, but like those are like ostensibly people. I, I don't know enough about the Voltron if they were they were just like being piloted, right? That was my understanding. The machines themselves have to turn into something else in order to become the adequate part for what they are meant to be. They turn into stuff. Um, are Power Ranger Morse TFs? Yes, because the Red Ranger recently TFs into a DUI criminal, and the Green Ranger TFs into a fundamentalist Jesus karate cleric. So that's obviously... Those are meaningful changes. They mean that's... something. I can't top that answer. No notes. I, th I think outside of this fandom, if you talk about transformation sequences, it's usually understood to be about Power Rangers or um, Sailor Moon, stuff like that. So I guess they win mm -hmm. by, they outnumber us, maybe? For now. For now. Uh, conceptually speaking, you can answer yes to any of these things if one thing is becoming another, because transformation is a very broad category and concept. So you can yes all of these. But for the purposes of the stuff that we generally like and are looking for, I will not count Power Rangers. It is them suiting up. Fair enough. And I believe that uh, them suiting up will grant them, you know, their abilities and their weapon sets and access to their, you know, to their Zords and shit. But uh, it is not really a transformation any more than somebody getting inside of a Gundam. Lukewarm take. Uh, is surgery a TF? That, I think yes. there's there there's this smart ass um, answer that I would give, and there's also a very introspective uh, answer that I'm not qualified to give. I feel like it depends. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's always going to depend, but this is all framed within the question of if you use surgical procedures to make yourself into someone or something else, have you transformed? And the answer is yes. Oh yeah, yes, of course. I guess I mean like when I think of surgery. Like, if you got, like, your gallbladder removed, I don't count that as TF. I guess that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I can see that, too. There's also backwards-going surgeries. Like, I used to be able to slightly unhinge my jaw, whether I liked it or not, and now I cannot do that. So that is... I am basically used to be a snake person, and now I'm not anymore. Okay, going forward, i just like to say this. Whenever people ask if something counts as a transformation... We and we're we later on are going to have to establish a standard by which to answer those questions because I'm going to say it again. The answer to all of these can be yes for a host of reasons. Sure. Yeah, but we're giving qualifications. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah. People, people. Before anybody else argues, people come to us obviously for the the very insightful commentary that we have for this. 
Yeah. I mean, look, we're the council, right? Like we're arbitering whether or not these things are TF. So like, it's important that they ask. Next question is character development a TF. Yes. I have had this conversation yes. before. The Lord of the Rings is a transformation story. And if you want to write transformation stories that are very deep and introspective, the character development stories are where to look for. If you know, your character should not just be transforming into an artwork they should be they're transforming away from what they were in every way yeah. including mentally and emotionally and everything personality yeah agreed this this lines up with my answer in the first episode of the season i think character development is absolutely a tf yep. berserk <laughs> that that is a yeah. really good character development yeah uh is aging a tf yes and had fucking socks yeah, actually, yeah, aging actually aging brings on the transformation of a human being. If you're thinking about in terms of like you know the degradation of our bodies and things like that, then yeah, that sucks. But I'm talking like you know you literally go through developmental changes that uh, affect the way you live, and um, mm -hmm. you know people understate puberty sometimes or lack thereof. Or even just the fact that uh, our brains don't have the ability to do certain things until a certain time. Yeah. So mm -hmm. aging is a pretty significant transformation, even if we disregard it. Yeah. Also, yeah. that uh, Nazi that drank the water in uh, Indiana Jones movie. I would, ah. I, I, would, I would consider that a TF, a very scary TF. Well, then that ties into the last question, yes. doesn't it? Um, I don't know how to answer this question um, in an intelligent way. Final question coming from Kipper is, is death the final TF? I think no one on the planet knows the answer to that. It depends on if you're religious and you still don't really know the answer to that. But let's hope not. This question is so abstract because I wonder, like, what you can become is you can become many things when you die. Mm -hmm. You can become, you can become a, Memories, you can become memories, uh, an influence, a uh, symbol, as corny as it sounds, but you can. Um, you can become a useful tool. You can become valuable data. You can become all of those things. And a corpse. So, and that, and that's just speaking from like what little, what little we do know when somebody dies, because when somebody, because when somebody dies. If you examine them well, especially if they, you know, to see how they died, you can actually save a lot of lives with the dead. And that's what you get to become. And so, uh, yes. But again, this is like conceptually speaking. If you want to talk about like, you want to talk about by the standard that uh, I, I'm going to assume we all share, then no. Not really. It's like saying becoming like ill or getting like hemorrhagic fever is a transformation because now you puke blood from your mouth instead of bleeding it from a cut. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I I don't have a more insightful answer than that. So I'm just going to default to that. I, I just want to use the word apotheosis just because I don't get to use that word very often. So that would be an example of if there is... TF after death. Okay, wait. There's just one more thing, and this is like a Parasite Eve two thing. It becomes it becomes mentioned briefly that in order for subjects to be turned into whatever monsters they become, the cells have to also uh, self destruct essentially, 
and they have to, you know, the, the, the cells are just killing themselves off as part of the process to transform the people. And yeah, so there you go. Because death itself could be the death of the whole person. What if it's parts of you? Could be enough to change you significantly. And if there's reincarnation, I want to come back as RoboCop. I don't know if that's transformation or not, but I just want to come back as RoboCop. Well, you'd come back as RoboCop, but that would also involve surgery. But you also wouldn't die, but you'd have to get shot up. Worth it. <laughs> okay, fascist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think that's all the questions we had for today, but thank you both for coming on, and uh, I'm glad that we can have such an engaging conversation. As we should do and at the end of every episode, where can folks find you both? Um, you can find me on FA primarily over at DorinTF, D-O-R-I-N-T-F, if you enjoyed um, listening to me ramble incoherently, there are hundreds of pages where you can read about me doing that. Very cool. Yeah, do read do read his work, especially uh, if you get to mm-hmm. come across. Uh, please share your like most recent story. That shit was really fucking good. And uh, you, Libra? For Twitter, it's uh, the underscore K underscore Libra. And on FA, it's um, K hyphen Libra. So that's K dash Libra. And I got a few other sites. I have a Calibra account on Pixiv, and I have my DA account, which is also linked to my FA, but it's got a name, Ernser, E-R-N-C-E-R. Yeah, those are, like, generally places you could find any other places that I inhabit, like Patreon and stuff on those, uh, through those links somehow. Nice. Well, thank you so much, to you both for coming aboard and i hope everyone enjoyed listening to this episode of the tf tuesday podcast we'll be back next week with another episode and i hope you tune in but for the time being have a great week yeah it was good to be on everybody stay open-minded